Hey everyone, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Skittles, killing rainbows one day at a time. Today we're going to talk about boundaries and barriers and as well as the topic of bad feelings. So we're kind of splitting this episode into two. That might be something I'll be doing more of in the future. We'll see how that goes. Um, kind of just winging it and changing things and that's how that's how life is. So um, yeah, boundaries and barriers. I kind of talk about this concept of personal boundaries versus external barriers, essentially fortifying yourself and protecting yourself and making sure that your basic needs in life are met versus setting barriers and not allowing new information into your life that um, is in avoidance of bad feelings. It's almost like the barrier or the boundaries are like your personal armor, whereas the the barriers are the the fence around your house that are harder to move and um, kind of meant to protect from anyone as opposed to just letting some people in and sort of navigating that field. And then the, the kind of the grass in the, in the house and then the, <laughs> surrounding the house as it were is those bad feelings that you're avoiding. So like this semblance of agoraphobia in a way, this mental agoraphobia that a lot of us are facing where we just, we'll protect our boundaries, maybe take care of ourselves, but then we're still kind of keeping the outside world out and not allowing ourselves to have healthy conversations with other people to grow and develop because bad feelings hurt and um, being more okay with this notion of bad feelings, not only inherently as people, because we have kind of like primal urges that we consider to be negatives and uh, that we're kind of pushing down all the time, but also because emotions themselves are just not bad. And these are things that we need to embrace in terms of emotional regulation and emotional development. And, um, you know, being a better equipped emotional person leads to us being able to navigate that field and to feel more confident to let the barriers down and feeling like we can hold our own out into the world with the armor that we've built for ourselves. So that was really good. Um, <laughs> so we talk about that a little bit more on this show. Um, barriers and borders or boundaries and barriers. I keep messing that up. Boundaries and barriers and, or, and bad feelings. Let's talk about that today on Dopamine while I eat some Skittles. Nom, 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 nom. Okay. Let's go. Drums, please. <laughs> all right everyone welcome to the show hope you guys are doing well happy monday it is nice and dark in here i should probably open my shades <laughs> give me a little bit of light um and i gotta drink a water i'm good i eat a little something i have to like take time lately to be a little bit more deliberate about my self-care because I just, with the stress mounting with like money and stuff, which is hopefully easing up soon. I literally have a contract being signed today um, that, uh, uh, that th th yeah, I just keep forgetting to, to drink water and eat food and like exercise and move my body and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's, it's been real rough and it just kind of like, you have to stop. You always have to stop no matter what's going on. Make sure you're getting water because like, like you can live without money, but you can't live without food and water and exercise and sex. <laughs> I consider sex a basic need, uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's good. I'm all right. 
I'm good. Took a drink of water. Uh, so, you know, with that, I, I need to both reinforce my boundaries with um, making sure that I am providing self-care for myself and making sure that I'm not putting myself into uh, situations that are going to, you know, create any kind of um, bad vibes, as it were. Not necessarily just bad vibes, because that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is bad feelings and not necessarily always avoiding bad feelings, but um, also just kind of the difference between borders and boundaries, right? Barriers and boundaries, really. Uh, same thing, but I like the word barrier better. It makes me think of like anime and like putting a barrier around me. Like, barrier! go or something. I don't know. I assume that's what they would say. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, boundaries and barriers, you know, when I talk about, uh, boundaries in terms of personal boundaries, I'm really referring to, uh, doing the things that you can to allow yourself to maintain a sense of self care, right? The part of creating boundaries is that if someone is penetrating your boundaries in a way that is making you sacrifice your self care, those are the proper boundaries you need to put in place. And usually those are shallow boundaries. You don't really need an extensive amount of, of personal boundaries. Like really it's about making sure that you're having the right kind of people in your life that you're, um, you know, not necessarily avoiding certain topics, but maybe being better prepared for them. Um, and maybe protecting the usage of your time as well. Uh, those are the big the two big things for me, making sure that I'm managing the energy that's coming into my life with the right people that are coming into my life and giving me the right feedback and stuff like that. And right feedback is appropriate, not good feedback. Like it's correct. It's helpful, um, helpful, but succinct and like honest. And, and, you know, that's more valuable than someone just trying to either shit on you all the time or trying to just tell you, Hey, it's great. Even when it's not right. So someone who is just kind of being accurate, essentially. And then uh, also, you know, this type of, of um, person who might be trying to intrude on your boundaries in terms of personal space and time. So one of the things that um, that I've been doing lately is for a long time, uh, earlier this year, I was doing a lot of interviews on this show and I kind of stopped over the summer and I'm about to start ramping up and I'm going to do a couple more interviews over this, over the fall. I've got a couple lined up. I've got two, uh, I've got one tomorrow and one Wednesday that I'm going to re record, um, two Wednesday, I think actually. So I'm going to try this out again, see how it feels and see how it helps kind of the bottom line of moving the needle forward and, and getting some more exposure for the show. But it's also important for me to make sure that I'm setting the time that I'm picking the right people to be on this show. I don't want to just interview anyone who is not useful to the show, but is not useful to me in my time and creating a, a, a greater sense of, of, of helping the conversation move forward and not just someone who's trying to sell their stuff. Right. So it's uh, it's a challenge because I was getting into that place where I was just like taking anyone and I don't want to do that. Uh, everyone that's been on this show has been great, by the way. I'm not referring to any of those people, but I've had to cancel a couple interviews because I felt that that wasn't going to work. So I had to kind of pull back and set a couple boundaries and make sure that I was not only setting the appropriate time of day, you know, like 1 or 2 p.m. as opposed to uh, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. when I'm not usually awake and ready. Um you know, right now it's 10 a.m. and I'm recording, but I'm like barely awake. If I talk to someone now, I'm going to be pretty much drained for the rest of the day. And um, that's that kind of sucks <laughs> when you have a lot of work to do and you've got a lot of things you're working towards. So 
for me, that's been uh, a challenge. So I, I set up Calendly links. I don't take phone calls. I very rarely take phone calls unless someone's paying me, uh, essentially, for consulting and stuff like that. And uh, honestly, setting those boundaries and letting people understand those boundaries has allowed me to start charging for consulting because people know that I don't just get on the phone when they ask me to. Um, I don't just stop what I'm doing and give them every single bit of information I can when they want me to. I give people information for free. I'm happy to do it at my convenience. But if someone wants me to stop and pay attention to them, they need to pay me for it. And that's part of my boundary when it comes to at least my expertise when it comes to stuff. Like I'm not going to have someone pay me if they need me, like, you know, a friend to listen to me or something like that. That's a completely different scenario. And I'm talking like if somebody sees that I'm good at podcasting or I'm, I'm good at, uh, the, you know, the Myers-Briggs stuff or whatever. And someone starts messaging me. I've had this happen a couple of times with the Myers-Briggs stuff, especially someone starts messaging me and they're like, I don't know my type. And they start going on this diatribe and, um, we talk forever. And, and, you know, it's partially my fault. I keep going kind of back and forth cause I'm genuinely curious and interested, but this ends up lasting over like a day or so to the point where they start to get a little bit demanding of like, Hey, I want an answer. And I'm like, Hey, you need to pay me if you want an answer right now, <laughs> you know? Um, so I was happy to help someone over the course of days and like when it was convenient for me to respond and, um, all that stuff. But essentially like if somebody wants me to stop what I'm doing, they need to pay for it. And those are healthy, respectable boundaries. And the difference between that and setting barriers is like barriers are really the difference between a healthy exchange with someone and completely repelling people who could help you, you know, completely repelling someone who has a different perspective from you, someone who could potentially have uh, something that could make you uncomfortable and uncomfortable is very different from someone who is intruding on your sense of self care, right? If someone's keeping you from, if someone's instilling a sense of stress in you all the time, that is keeping you from making sure that you're eating well and you're drinking well and getting exercise and taking care of yourself. They're always, uh, uh, and you know, asking for your time, your energy, your money. Um, anything that is basically causing you more stress is going to be something that you need to create boundaries for. But barriers are typically self-imposed things to protect, protect yourself, ego interests, meaning that you're typically, you know, you see it all the time in like political discussions, you know, people are protecting both Republican and Democrat are typically protecting their sense of identity attached to those teams, essentially. And you'll get this sort of vibe that somebody, if somebody knows that they're surrounded by someone of another ilk that they might avoid conversation with them altogether because they feel like it's going to intrude or change their sense of identity or like almost keep them from growing, you know? <laughs> and it's not that it's going to change necessarily that they are, are a Republican or a de Democrat, but it's, they could potentially be exposed to new information that could cause them to have to do work and change their worldview just a little bit. Right. Uh, that comes up with like social issues that comes up with mental illness that comes up with any kind of, uh, you know, tough conversation, uh, that happens in families all the time when you have to talk about really serious issues when it comes to like kids and divorce and marriage and all sorts of things that are, that are happening in people's lives, but people get uncomfortable because they just don't want to face reality, right? So setting barriers is kind of like avoidance of facing reality, whereas boundaries is more about protecting your natural sense of self that, so that you can perform as a normal human being. And barriers are essentially you being performing as a normal human being. You're getting enough water, you're drinking, you're taking care of yourself, things like that. Um, but you're still setting these barriers to 
protect your identity and not allow new information in. And that's that's unhealthy. Whereas boundaries can be healthy. It's a little bit more shallow, but barriers tend to extend a lot further. Uh, barriers tend to tend to extend based on assumptions. They, they tend to base on, you know, loose information or taking things personally and, um, you know, not, not meaning what you say and, and all sorts of things that will, that you feel are intrusions on your worldview. But, um, you know, you're, you're kind of just like, it's like a fence around your house, right? Like you're not letting intruders in to tell you that, like, you know, maybe you need to consider that the Confederate flag is not a good idea or that this kind of thing is not a good idea or something like that. Right. Setting kind of boundaries. And I don't mean to pick on the political stuff because that's not what I'm talking about here. It, it extends beyond that. Um, but there are sometimes like parent to child relationships that occur, uh, outside of the realm of, of, um, of politics that are kind of about control and making sure that your kids still play within the fence or that your parents even play within the fence, depending on what kind of energy you share with one another. Cause sometimes there are parent to child dynamics that result in a, um, in that, in that sort of vibe, um, of, of feeling like the kid is taking care of the parent. And, um, essentially at the end of the day, you know, I just want to point out what the difference is between boundaries and barriers, you know, boundaries, self, self care, making sure you're okay. And barriers are essentially, uh, uh, sort of dissonance reasons for keeping other people out. Right. Because if you have effective barriers, if you have effective um, or effective boundaries, rather, if you have an effective personal boundary to make sure that you're not letting people who are toxic into your life, people who are going to take up your time and energy and focus, then you don't have to have barriers up on a, a greater side of, you know, a, on a wider side of the fence, right? You don't need to protect from anyone. You just need to protect from specific people because Republicans aren't bad. Democrats aren't bad quote unquote liberals and quote unquote conservatives. None of them are bad. You know, religious people, not bad non-religious people, not bad, but there are individuals within each of those things that we create caricatures for that we start to create these barriers to protect from. So it's all about making sure that we are not creating these caricatures of people, but we are creating personal boundaries and barriers so that we can still have conversations with people. But if it gets to a point that is causing us such intense stress that we can't continue that conversation, then we have the right to say no, to pull back, to get self-care, to hang out with our family, to take a break, to call out of work, to do whatever we need to do to take care of ourselves and rebuild our, our, our boundaries. But if you're setting barriers, if you're setting fences and setting borders uh, around uh, this large perimeter of yourself and not letting anyone in, you're not going to grow. You're not going to develop. You're not going to... Um, change anything about your worldview. And sometimes the challenge is that some people don't want to grow, right? Some people are fine with where they are. They're fine with their sense of ignorance. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean, just simply not needing to see the world outside of those barriers. Um, they're not likely to want to do that. And I think a lot of us feel like we want more. So in, in order to grow, we need to strengthen our our boundaries, not our barriers. Because in order to move beyond and move forward in life, we need to move beyond our own barriers, right? Because barriers are solid. They're stuck. You know, it takes time to lift up and move barriers, but our personal boundaries are things that we can control. Those are, those are 
it's like, it's like carrying a shield versus moving an entire fence, right? So if you're carrying a shield and fortifying it and you're taking it with you, wherever you go, you know, you're able to use those boundaries as something that you can protect yourself with in every situation that you get yourself in, but you're still freely able to move. You're freely able to go explore and see new people and learn new things and do stuff. But if you're setting barriers, you're setting yourself up to be stuck in that place. Because if for you to keep those barriers up, you're going to need to bring that fence with you. And if you leave that fence, then, and you're, you're ignoring your boundaries, then you're going to not do very well when you leave those fences. Right. So uh, that's like the best analogy that I can come with, come up with for that. And um, it makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) I've been kind of working through that as I go, uh, especially as the, the shield thing, you know, and uh, you know, your, your, your personal boundaries are not about other people. Your personal boundaries are about you and making sure that you're taken care of and you're setting the boundaries that you need to set. And that if you are setting barriers to keep other people out, you're not actually working on yourself. You know, your life is focused on other people and, you know, you know, hiding, hiding away from the infidels as it were. I don't mean that as like a Muslim thing. I mean that as like a general bad people thing. Um, and I mean that in, in a way that like, you know, these, these boundaries are just, these borders, rather, these barriers, these fences are just things that are not easy to move. And it takes a lot of time. You have to smash them down so that, but, you know, sometimes you need to set those barriers at first for a little bit in order to develop yourself and then have the strength to leave them. And I think um, that challenge comes from when you leave those barriers, um, people who are still within those barriers with you or were with you will feel this sense of abandonment, right? I think a lot of us have experienced this and I know it's a little bit abstract. Um, but I think a lot of people have experienced this in terms of family, you know, you're with family and kind of like the same kind of bubble as it were, you know, you you have each other as your sense of, of, um, as your sense of boundaries. But when you're fortifying your own personal boundaries and you leave those barriers, you leave the house, literally. And this could be anyone in the family unit deciding that they need something more, um, that they can't live within these barriers anymore. And the people who are still in the barriers, you know, there's, there's like a, there's a logical disconnect that's going to happen. Right. And then when that person comes back into those barriers, you know, it's like they're a stranger because they don't understand the need for personal development for that personal boundary connection, the personal boundary creation rather. And and it's important to realize again, that not everyone needs personal development. And that's probably something I'll talk about in another episode, because um, I think we try to people who are kind of moving forward in some way or need more of an understanding uh, tend to look back or look down in an elitist kind of way and say like, you need to come with us. You'll feel better. And maybe they won't. Maybe they like the way they are and you can't force anyone to ascend to a different kind of thinking or a different place. Right. And it's not hierarchical. Again, it's everyone has their different starting lines and different goal lines. So everyone's in a different place. Everyone's sense of development is different. So when I say, if I were to assign numbers, like use the Graves model or something and say that I'm a level five, for example, um, and I see that my family is maybe a level four or level three, 
I can't look at them and say, Hey, you need to join me because it's not about them joining you. It's about them being in a place that feels more comfortable for them in the right moment at the right time. If someone who is more naturally comfortable on a level three and they try to become a level five, they might fall on their face, right? So it's not necessarily going to be equal. That's just not how that works. Um, so I'm going to take a break because I'm kind of ranting on this version of the topic for a while, which is good. I didn't think I was going to talk this much about boundaries and border and barriers, but it's, it's really important to think about that. Think about it as a shield versus a fence. So we're gonna take a week, a break to listen to our sponsor. And then we're going to talk a little bit about bad feelings. All right. So welcome back. I hope you survived the ad. <laughs> it's not so bad. And I, you know, I appreciate you guys for, um, Sticking around despite me adding ads to the show, I think uh, it's important to know that I am a local business owner. I'm not making a lot of money. Uh, these ads are helping me to pay the bills, and um, I really, really appreciate it. And if you want to subvert that, if you want me to not have to have ads, then you can go to dopamine.life and go to the support this show button and leave a small donation, uh, as small as 99 cents or as large as 9.99 a month to uh, continue to show your support for this show and help me get rid of ads because if I could do that, that would be awesome. I would rather keep that, that kind of experience for you guys, but these are my friends. These are people that I personally endorse and support. So, um, not just doing like a Squarespace ad, right? <laughs> These are people I love and care about. Uh, I believe in their services and they're, they're good people. So, um, to move on real quick, I just wanted to talk about bad feelings. So we talked all about these borders and boundaries and, um, I essentially, you know, I, I feel really good about that topic. Um, but there's another thing that comes to mind is bad feelings. And so one of the reasons that we tend to set barriers is to avoid bad feelings altogether. Right. And I think, I think a misinterpreted aspect of personal development and of any kind of consulting or coaching is the notion that we should be embracing, not necessarily embracing, but like understanding and acknowledging bad feelings, right? Uh, any kind of counselor or therapist will do that. And I think that can be sometimes the difference between a personal development coach and someone who is a legit therapist, right? Because to get out of the darkness, you have to go through the darkness. There is no way for you to just teleport to the light at the end of the tunnel. You need to work through all of the things that are keeping you deep within that tunnel. And that means also continuing to acknowledge those things as parts of your behavior and not block them out. A lot of psychosis, a lot of negative behaviors, I shouldn't say negative, but I should say like mental illnesses essentially stem from the avoidance of bad behaviors. Hypomania is a chemical avoidance of bad behaviors, not by bad behaviors, but a chemical avoidance of bad feelings, right? Like this hypomania is this sense of euphoria that I can take over the world, that I can do anything. I could do all of the things. And then when I come become met with reality, do I crash, right? Hypomania is essentially blocking out all of the potential possibility for me to acknowledge anything that could go wrong right now. And I just push forward and I push on and I don't think about the bad thoughts. I just want good things to happen. And sometimes that is why it can lead to all sorts of uh, drinking or drugs or any kind of things that will keep the high going. And uh, that's incredibly dangerous. So it's important for even the average person to consider that 
there is a very natural negative side to the human psyche, to human behavior. Like we develop goodness on top of our primal natural sense of being, right? Like, you know, males, we have this natural, both male and females have this natural sexual drive, but men, because we are a little bit more testosterone, we are a little bit more about spreading our seed and being a little bit more diverse. You hear about men being uh, assaulting about sexually assaulting women because they most likely have not developed in any kind of way positively to create um, uh, emotional stability and ways to move forward and actually be respectful to women and, and have a support system and, and all of those things. I, I can't speak for every case, obviously, but from the patterns that I've seen, it makes sense that, um, that the male natural psyche is to be, you know, we, we want, we want to bang women. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That is like the thing that like men don't talk about that enough, right? Like we, our natural urge, like from when you're 13, 12 or 13 years old, you're just like looking at every girl and you're just like, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. And if she would say, yes, I would do that right now. Um, or like, you know, if I could just have my way, that'd be fantastic. Right. And that ends up and like, it sounds like a terrible thing to say. And I'm sure there's a lot of gasping going on right now, but that's something that men don't talk about. That's very natural in the boyhood psyche that in the masculine psyche that occurs, because again, it's about the male natural urge is to spread our seed. Right. And the female natural urge is to find a suitor. Like a lot of women will be a little bit more promiscuous and I don't mean that in a negative way, but they'll want to test different suitors. But essentially it is of the goal of the subconscious um, uh, reproductive goal of finding a, a, a suitor for reproduction, right? So I don't mean to make it cold, but this is the best way that I can objectively understand, like speak about this is, is that notion that like there are inherently bad things within all of us or like men, you know, many people consider the, uh, the, the natural urge to sexually touch someone, uh, without their consent to be a bad thing. Um, and it, it absolutely is by the way, that's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not it's not always something that is taught, you know, it's, it feels like because goodness is quote unquote inherited or naturally um, occurring, that it is something that is just kind of understood within parents to kind of speak about, right. That, that, or to not speak about, to not have to encourage or, or tell their son, like, Hey, you can't do that. You can't just go up and touch someone. You can't, you know, you need to build a relationship with someone or you need to get consent in some sort of way. Right. So, um, it is not that cut and dry, unfortunately. And, um, you know, th those are just, that's just like a minor example of like, there are a lot of things that are inherently in us that are, that we would consider evil by the moral standards that we have developed as intellectual human beings. But certainly we as we continue to develop or we continue to feign development, I should say in a lot of ways, you know, fake it till you make it, we tend to push away the bad feelings and not acknowledge that we have this natural urge within us. And I'm not saying you should satiate it. I'm not saying you should, um, 
you should look at and admire it in any kind of way. But understanding that that contrast is what keeps you good is what is going to allow you to to not be so avoidant of bad feelings, especially when you're having conflict with people, when you're trying to discuss things, when you need to work through a topic. You know, the, the most common feeling I've heard someone express is a sense of guilt. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's religion. I don't know if that's extroverted feeling in the Myers-Briggs system. I don't know if this is, there's just this underlying primal need to stay socially connected and feeling like if we do, you know, and, and all of this guilt has, has like translated into smaller things that we feel will be exiled by if we do, you know, some people will not even just say that they don't like someone's food. Because they're afraid they're going to get kicked out of the house or kicked out of the city or something. I don't know. I don't understand where that fear fear comes from. But the thing is, like, we don't examine those bad feelings enough to be able to understand, A, the illogical nature of it, and B, why it even exists to begin with. And it becomes a challenge that a lot of people are just kind of living with. Like, uh, like it's sad to me to think that like so many of us are living with this sense of guilt and we don't examine what that means or why that is or what it's connected to. Is it something that our parents made us feel guilty for being who we are going down the path of who we are? Is it the fact that we're facing constant resistance for doing the things that we want to do? I'm sure that's the case too. Um, but I personally don't feel much guilt. I don't, I definitely don't feel nearly as much guilt as many other people do, but I've also been very people averse most of my life. I feel like as an INTP, I've been like kind of this intellectual God of destruction. So I am always challenging people and asking questions and I have, I'm always searching for the objective answer. So I'm, you know, my, my decisions and the things that I say are not tied in emotion, right? And a lot of people are emotionally adept and they're trying to make connections with people and they are essentially trying to, um, uh, to, to fit in. Right. And that means not challenging people sometimes. Um, but I think ultimately avoiding bad feelings is going to lead to a crash. Um, you know, uh, Molly said a really poignant statement last night where she said we were helping a friend of ours who texted her and saying like, you know, he said, uh, you know, I, I think, I think I'm starting to doubt things again. And, um, you know, I don't have time to work through all these feelings. This is a bad time for these feelings to happen, or this is a bad time for feelings to happen. And, um, uh, Molly said you need to, or like both of us were basically talking while she was texting. Cause she told me about it. And I was like, yeah, they, need, they need to be addressed. Like emotions are not bad and, uh, emotions are, um, something that needs to be developed. I think there's a bigger, larger issue in the country, which I'll talk about emotional intelligence in another episode. Um, but essentially, uh, uh, she said something to the effect of, you know, bad feelings are like peeing. Like if you hold it in, you're going to have an accident. <laughs> if you hold it in for too long, you're going to have an accident. Right. And that seems to be this common occurrence. I think there there's this beauty that I've been able to appreciate and experience by being someone who has cyclothymia, just this like low grade bipolar disorder that has like short cycles of depression and mania, um, really unpredictable cycles of, of depression and mania that have allowed me to see that I'm not just this weirdo, right? I'm like a hypersensitive version of a human being. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an alternate person. <laughs> I'm an, I am, I am a hypersensitive version of a human being, which means that there are human beings. Like every person experiences this, but at a threat, higher threshold of, of, 
of being able to hold in their feelings or being able to, um, to, to manage uh, higher levels of stress without any kind of mania or depression, but eventually they do break down and people can develop different mental disorders by holding things in for too long. Um, there are certain disorders that can be quote unquote cured, or at least have long-term positive um, uh, breakthroughs by simply working on emotional intelligence and emo emotional regulation. Right. Um, and, and a lot of, there's just so much emotional withholding that I see and including myself. And it's been extremely helpful this last year to be able to work through emotions a lot more effectively to express myself, to not feel like there's judgment coming from someone, you know, Molly's been incredible in that sense. She hears everything that I've got going on. We talk about, I talked about all this stuff that I talked about a, a few minutes ago about um, the male natural urge that we don't talk about enough um, in fear of being seen as a bad human being. Like I'm not a rapist, but I've made poor sexual advances to women. I've in, in an effort to learn how to be a better man, I've had to make mistakes, but owning those mistakes is an important part of the development process, right? And I think so many men and young men especially are going to have that challenge, right? Because we want women, but we don't know how to approach it. And, um, you know, there's a certain impatience that comes with like, ah, oh, why isn't a girl like me, right? Um, so it's like a very real visceral frustration. And um, the emotional expression of that needs to be worked out in a much healthier way. It, it tends to come out in anger and it tends to come out in anger towards other women or the women that you want that are rejecting you. Right. Like if you don't, if she says no, she's a bitch, right? Like that's messed up. Like, so you know, the emotional regulation of that, of anyone in, in any kind of experience is important. Um, you know, and, and that's why, I use all of the sexual stuff and I'm not trying to call out men, but I certainly am um, because it's, it's a universal human experience to feel this sense of guilt, to feel um, this, this sense of not having enough support to not being able to express yourself and not, and to avoid bad feelings because, you know, we're stressed. We're working through a lot of things. We have stuff going on. Um, we don't have time to work through emotions but that's where boundaries comes in. That's why, you know, with the earlier topic, that's why I feel like these two things work together because if you're able to set proper boundaries to shield yourself in the, in the right ways that you can uh, take the time for emotional regulation. And that's something we don't promote enough. That's why this show exists because uh, I spent most of my life assuming that I can't take a mental health day off of work, that I have to go in and be miserable and then get fired because I'm miserable. Right. Like <laughs> there, it just takes an extra step of logic to realize that boundaries are a way of you to continue to support your life and growth. That, that there's this coldness that uh, irrationality or rationality can bring that doesn't help us. That emotional experiences are, absolutely imperative to our growth. Um, I want to give a specific shout out to Joel at personality hacker, whose birthday is soon. Um, he is a feeler man on that show. He is an ENFP and he really shows this really nice balance of strength between being a, uh, a man who is a, um, emotional, he's open about his emotions as a man, 
but he's not overly ENFP like where he's just such a, a class clown, like, you know, like Russell Brand or something. He's just someone that is um, a, a very mature uh, man who also admits his faults and things that he's working through. Right. So I appreciate men like that, having this discussion and talking about emotions. And I do, I am calling out a lot of men because men are the one facing the biggest challenge when it comes to emotional regulation and working through bad feelings. There's just kind of like this stoic perception of a man, of a dad, you know, dad can't have emotions. Dad's coming home. Give him all the room. Let him breathe. Let him go to his room. Like, you know, and, and you would think that's not the thing anymore, but it still is. <laughs> it still is. Uh, you know, don't make dad angry because he doesn't know how to emotionally, you know, work through his problems. Right. And the point here is not to antagonize men. I, I don't want you to, I, I, I don't want you to feel bad, but if you feel bad, I want you to express that. Right. And, um, we actually had a conversation with our friends this weekend. I had uh, two friends in town, which is really great. It was awesome to have them around. Um, two friends in town who, uh, at some point they both expressed, uh, growth within one another. They were recently engaged and just talking about sort of, uh, emotions and emotional growth. And even, uh, the, my, my friend, the, the female of the two were, she was talking about how she, she's had to develop and she's had to understand that he has emotions, that he feels bad about some of the things that I say. And it's kind of, and this isn't to call her out, but it's a pretty common conception that that's the case, that a lot of women assume that men just don't have emotions, that they're not emotionally expressive because they're not emotionally expressive, that they don't experience emotions. We experience all of the same emotions that women do. Women are just invited to express them more. And um, those are very real challenges. And when we talk about, um, when we really start to talk about conversations of equality to exclude anyone in the conversation is, um, it's just not helpful, right? To antagonize anyone is not helpful. So, you know, when we talk about feminism in particular, and again, I don't mean this to uh, point out feminism in any kind of bad way, the movement is amazing, but there are certainly some extremely negative aspects of getting angry and um, expressing hatred generally to all men. And I think while it's not women's responsibility to make men grow, um, I think it is both parties' responsibility, honestly, because um, mothers have boys, fathers have boys, fathers also have friends, uh, boys have other friends, like men have grown man friends, like w men need to talk to men, but women also need to talk to men. Um, women can't talk to every man because they're going to experience a lot of um, pushback and it's going to be a challenge. So the men that women can't speak to men need to also open up and speak to. Right. And it's important to keep a conversation like that going in a way that is not antagonistic. I don't think any of that helps. I don't think any of this, as long as people are taking sides, there will always be some sort of war. And that's not, I think, I think everyone can be above that. Honestly, I think we can see beyond borders. We can see beyond our boundaries and try to find ways to 
interconnect and talk to each other, respect each other's personal boundaries, you know, consent and all of that stuff. And really it's all about that and realizing that we can have conversations, but we can protect ourselves from the people that we don't want around in our lives. Um, because uh, people are different stages of development. Those are the people that we're essentially uh, protecting ourselves from, right? People who can't see or be of like mind to us and be at the same kind of stage of development that we are. It doesn't mean we're better than other people. It's not about elitism. It's not about feminists being better than men or men being better than feminists. Uh, people are just different, different and at different stages of development that um, to separate ourselves is not helpful. I mean, men and women, like we reproduce together. We need each other. <laughs> like I, I, you know, it's kind of, I know that there's like a lot of cliche about like, I don't need no man. And you know, oh, I don't need this girl. She's too emotional. It's like, you guys need each other. Stop it. You know, be open to each other, express things like, you know, another thing, uh, just to kind of end it again on like Molly's poignant comments about like uh, bad feelings and holding back emotions is kind of like holding in your pee. Eventually you're going to have an accent, accident, not an accent, an accident. <laughs> and, um, you know, and the accident usually comes out in an explosive rage of anger because anger is anger is like the culmination of emotions. It's an, it's the outlet that comes out most in instinctively, right? It's the thing that like, when we don't know the nuance of emotions, because I have not always been great at understanding the nuance of emotions, it comes out in anger. I think we've all experienced this and we know this to be true. We just have never put it into words, but I think that is absolutely the case that if we are not working through and kind of filtering out all of our emotions in effective ways and working through conflict and talking to people and expressing ourselves and being honest and putting things out there and setting the boundaries that we need to spread, um, need to set that, that it's just going to come out and one big bang of ball and flame and that's not good for anyone. Right. So I try to speak from a, as an objective of a place as possible. I know some of these words are probably going to make you angry as a male or female, especially with the usage of terms of like feminism and, uh, um, you know, uh, male testosterone and, and male responsibility and stuff like that. But it is everyone's responsibility to grow as individuals and as a group. So all this finger pointing needs to stop. You know, in relation to what's been going on recently, it's a completely different situation. And if I will dress the Kavanaugh thing, um, I wouldn't hire him to be a cashier at Arby's. <laughs> so uh, it's not even about the sexual assault stuff. It's honestly just about the emotional expression. And I think it's a good example. And I don't mean that to be a political judgment because I try to stay as center as I can. Again, objectivity is my thing. But if there are men out there who have a healthy sense of emotional regulation and to continue to perpetuate the stereotype that men can't evolve emotionally, that men are just supposed to be angry brats is going to just not help the conversation forward. Right. So I would not want to hire a guy like that. Who's going to represent this country. I'm sorry. Um, that's how I felt about the president. That's how I feel about a lot of things going on these days. Um, and I just simply think we can do better. So, uh, and I, I would not be opposed to it. You know, Demo Democrats and Republicans can both be bad people. They could both be good people, right? It's not about choosing one side or another. It's again, it's about like 
who is the most fit for a job and who is going to be someone that is setting a good example. I would not want anyone to be a leader of anything that is just another sample average representation of the country or of the people. I want someone who is going to lead us forward into a next place. Right. And I don't mean that in like a progressive way, but I mean like in the progressive political kind of way, but I mean like in a way that's going to be able to meet everyone at the varying stages of, of, of development that they're in. I know that's a tall order. I know that's impossible, but whatever. That's the politics minute. <laughs> politics. <laughs> I like using the term politics. I said that once by accident this weekend and I was like, oh, politics. I like that. That sounds so much better. <laughs> but again, it's not about politics. It's about personal development. It's about people growth, right? And it's about taking sure, making sure that we're taking personal responsibility where we can. We're not setting these barriers to make it other people's responsibility to keep out, keep out so much as it's about our personal responsibility to protect ourselves in ways that keep us in happy, healthy scenarios. So, okay. Bad feelings are not bad. Emotions are not bad. These are things that we need to work through. These are conflicts that we need to address with ourselves and other people and moving forward. And if you missed all of the conflict week, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, there was a five, a group of five episodes where I talked all about conflict and I shared my concept called the conflict ladder. So you can also look that up on, um, on YouTube. Uh, and I think it's on our, uh, I haven't put it on the, um, Facebook page yet, but, uh, look it up on YouTube, the conflict ladder, and, uh, let me know what you think about that. It's a way to kind of make sure to understand the power dynamic that occurs in conflict and keeping you from taking the ball so that the other person has to go and find conflict resolution elsewhere. Okay. So that's it. Um, thank you for listening to this very long episode of dopamine about, uh, borders and barriers, uh, barriers and boundaries, right? Keep saying it wrong. Barriers and boundaries. And then we talked about all about bad feelings with a sprinkle of sexual assault. <laughs> um, but you know, it's again, I hope you know that I'm coming from a place of objectivity. I'm doing the best that I can to be objective. Uh, I know that I can't always do that. Um, so if you have any kind of comments, questions, certainly try to keep that in mind, but you can always, if you're angry, express that anger. Emotions are good. It's totally fine. You, you, it's about feeling better. Right. Um, but you have to also be open to an opposing opinion if you're going to be expressing it. So it's about an exchange of power. You can't just blurt things out and run away. I'm I'm not your Yelp review. <laughs> so um, I am a person and anyone on the internet is also a person. And then we got to remember that. So maybe another thing we could talk about in the future. So yeah, that's it. So uh, leave a voice message here on Anchor. You can go to dopamine.life and leave a donation, or you can sign up for the show and subscribe and all that good stuff. If you would love to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be absolutely amazing. That'd be great for exposure and really help the show. And then um, uh, if you want to go check out cnotes.media, I just finished an INFJ course. I'm just getting started on a branding course that I'm going to be working on this week. Um, for a summit that is going to be a part of Think Creative Collective. They're going to be on the show a little bit later this month to talk about some of the things that they've been working through while they've been building a multi, uh, a six-figure business that has been doing amazing work. So look forward to that. My friends Emily and Abigail will be joining me on uh, October 23rd, I think it is. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know as it gets closer. So that is it. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. 
uh, take personal responsibility, work on your boundaries and less barriers. So that's it. Let me know how, what you think. Talk to you guys later. Take care of yourselves and each other. And what's, what else do I say? Catch you next time on dopamine. <laughs> Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.